Welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, joined alongside Joe Kometz today as we're here with, uh, going to be doing this throughout the rest of the college basketball season, weekly college basketball show, uh, recording this on March 1st. This is March. We're here, Joseph. Uh, welcome back to the show, and how you doing? Doing great. We're entering the best sports month of the year, hands down, even though, you know, you and I, I think, like football a little bit more than basketball overall. Nothing beats March and just wall-to-wall college basketball all day. Basically, mm-hmm. what I sent you down on Twitter earlier, like the calendar, it's like almost every single day besides like two in the middle of March Madness have basketball. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's the it's the greatest sports time of the year. Yeah. Uh, so today's show, we're going to be talking about some big results from this past weekend uh, that impact some teams, tournament faith potentially, uh, their seeds. Uh, also breaking down some teams on the bubble, uh, a team on the bubble that we think could maybe make some damage in the tournament. Uh, some teams that we're starting to lose faith in as the season's going along, uh, and then preview some big games throughout the week uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. So pretty jam-packed schedule today. Uh, Going to be giving you guys a lot of information. Make sure to stay tuned throughout. Uh, but, Joe, you want to rip off some of these games from last weekend, that uh, big results that are going to have a, lo- a lasting impact going forward? Yeah, uh, I'll start with uh, Kansas over Baylor on a Saturday night. This week, to me, just proved, you know, COVID layoffs do matter because, you know, last podcast I had Baylor over Gonzaga. Now I definitely would not take the Baylor Bears because they look rusty. They look kind of shaky. You know, they barely beat Iowa State. They, you know, lost convincingly. It's not like they lost by one or two against Kansas. Like, you know, Kansas beat them pretty good. And, they, the you know, Baylor finishes with at West Virginia, home against Oklahoma State, home against Texas Tech. They could either end up 21-1 and or 18-4. and Like, you know, three huge games against very good teams, you never know. But hopefully this, you know, the rain of their schedule will kick them back in the, you know, the Baylor Bears that everyone, you know, kind of got used to during the season. Uh, Another big result, Oklahoma State over Oklahoma on Saturday as well. One of the best games of the season with overtime. Cade Cunningham's a monster. Oklahoma State is going to be a very annoying team to be matched up with. They've been rising, like we said right before the show, Lenardi tweeted out, um, he has Oklahoma State as of today as a four seed. Yeah, they shot them because I feel like last week they were like a seven seed. Mm-hmm. You know now they're you know one of the top four seeds. Uh, the Cowboys and Sooners play again tonight. You know we're recording this on Monday, but I think it might be out Tuesday. You said so. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know who wins that game tonight. But they also finish out with a gauntlet with Oklahoma at Baylor at West Virginia. Uh, big bubble game: uh, North Carolina over Florida State should put North Carolina in the tourney, even if they lose their last two games to Syracuse and Duke. But uh, I think it will be very interesting to see what one seed they get paired up with because I think they're probably going to end up being either an eight or a nine. So, like, imagine North Carolina Duke or North Carolina Duke, <laughs> North Carolina Gonzaga, like, yeah. you know, in the round of 32. I think that would be a very interesting matchup. And uh, the last I'll talk about is San Diego State over Boise State, which was Thursday and Saturday. San Diego State swept them. The sweep put the Aztecs in a first place in the Mountain West, and you know as long as they beat UNLV on Wednesday, which they should, they'll get the number one seed in the conference tournament. But Boise State getting swept went from first all the way down to fourth. Yeah, they're currently fourth in the Mountain West, and as of you know an hour or two ago when Lenardi tweeted you know out that graphic of who's in who's out, Boise State is the second to last by, so they're still in the tournament, but the teams behind them have a lot better you know wins on their schedule potentially. 
they really don't have any room for error. Like if they lose to I forget who they're playing. I think they play Fresno State tomorrow to end the regular season. Yeah, Fresno. If they lose that game or if they don't win a game in the tournament, they could see themselves in a very interesting position, you know, come selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my games that I'll discuss, we had Michigan over Indiana. Obviously a huge win for Michigan, especially with Baylor losing. That makes them uh, the number two team in the country now. The new AP poll says most likely the number two overall seed. Uh, they're really rolling, clicking on all cylinders looking like they could be up there with Gonzaga as the best team in the country at the moment. Uh, I think it's a bigger loss, though, for Indiana, who now falls to 12-12, and 12, have been in the projected field all season long, and now they've really fallen down the stretch. And I think if Indiana winds up not making the tournament, uh, Archie Miller could definitely be getting fired there. So uh, Big Ten, though, plenty of opportunities in the tournament uh, to, to gain some more quality wins uh, and – few more games in the regular season. Uh, watching this Indiana team down the stretch is going to be uh, one of the main storylines as we approach uh, projecting the field and selection Sunday itself. Uh, next game, Illinois over Wisconsin. Huge win for Illinois, uh, especially without their best player, Io DeSumo. Uh, he's day-to-day with facial, uh, like a nose fracture, I believe. So we'll see if he can come back for the end of the regular season, if not the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but now they're number four in the country, the number – one or the number four one seed. Uh, the losses this past week by Ohio State, losing three games in a row, and Illinois able to go on the road to Wisconsin and beat them without their best player is huge. Uh, and I think, though, it might even be a bigger loss for Wisconsin, which had a great chance to pick up a win over a top five team in the country, uh, and they fell at home. And I'm really surprised by this a really veteran led team. A, a pretty good team at the beginning of the year, but they've really fallen down the stretch. Uh, Brad Davidson and Demetri Trice, two really good guards. Uh, they're just playing really poor team basketball right now. Uh, not really sure what's going on in Madison, but uh, Wisconsin's definitely faltering down the stretch. Don't want to see that. Uh, we'll see if they can turn it around these last few regular season games and as we go into the tournament. Uh, they were most likely going to be a four or five seed if they stayed on their their projected track throughout that year, but I think now they're down in the seven to nine range. Uh, next game, Xavier over Creighton. Uh, last week's show, I said Creighton's a team I think could actually make a run and get to that final four other than the big teams like Michigan, Baylor, and Gonzaga so far this year. I thought Creighton was a team that was turning the corner, but uh, I feel like this happens to me every year. It's a very Creighton-esque thing where – they kind of start out a bit slow, but then they hit their stride. They'll have a few like really big, impressive wins, and then they'll falter down the stretch again. I feel like the, West Virginia. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it happens a lot. Uh, but Creighton has a chance to win the Big East with by winning their last two games, which would include a win over Villanova after already beating them this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but huge win for Xavier over Creighton. Uh, now two really good wins against Oklahoma and Creighton, who will probably both be top five seeds. They win their last two games against Marquette and Georgetown. I think they'll be a lock, even if they drop their first game in the Big East tournament. Uh, next game, Butler over Villanova. Uh, it was on Sunday afternoon, at, I believe noon, uh, and just a really disappointing loss for Villanova. Sitting here as a fan, uh, I'm really losing faith in them. Uh, if they won that game, they probably would be the fourth team in the country right now, uh, the last one seed. Uh, but going 2 of 27 from 3, uh, you're not going to win much basketball games doing that. And they've also, interestingly, lost four of their last five games at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, 
I know that's playing against Butler, but there's going to be NCAA tournament games there. Could be something with that gym that Villanova is just not good when they're playing there. Uh, and NCAA tournament games could be played there. Uh, that could be trouble for Villanova. We'll see uh, what happens with that. But their lack of size inside is going to really hurt them, uh, especially if they're not able to cover up their interior defense with uh, making three-point shots and, and you know kind of cutting that deficit in half. Uh, but by going 2-27 for three and kind of letting teams get whatever they want in the paint, that's really uh, not a good winning formula for this Villanova team. And, and as much as I like them coming into the year, uh, starting to lose faith in them a lot. Uh, and last game I'll hit on is Iowa over Ohio State from Sunday. Uh, that's three losses in a row for Ohio State, and I really thought uh, that they were definitely the weakest one seed by far. Uh, have My eyes haven't been a great team all year. Have had some good games, but not a really dominant team. Uh, I think they'll, they'll wind up as a two seed. Uh, we'll see what happens with Illinois or even Villanova, as, as I was just kind of talking poorly on them has a chance to if they run the table get back up into that one seed discussion as well uh, but I think Ohio State uh, not as good as people believed uh, and Iowa is playing really well right now they lost to Michigan earlier in the week but other than that they've p- been playing some great defense uh, the big thing with them is they can always score the ball but defense has always been lacking uh, with that defense turning the corner uh, and the way that they can p- consistently play offense with Luca Garza and all those shooters around them uh nobody's going to want to see them come March. So uh, a really interesting team to watch going forward. I believe they're fifth in the country now. So, But our next segment is going to be breaking down the bubble. Uh, Joe and I each have four teams we'll be discussing uh, and kind of give a, a little take on what, what they're looking like right now. Uh, so you want to start us off, Joe? Yeah, so the first team I got, which is also going to couple into the second team I got, I have Georgia Tech. Lenardi, as of you know, a couple hours ago, had them as his last team in the tournament. So uh, they uh, finished with Duke at home and Wake Forest on the road. Uh, I think if Georgia Tech gets, you know, beats Duke, I think they're going to beat Wake Forest. The winner of the Duke-Georgia Tech game, because Duke is the next team I have here, they're the, currently Lodardi's second team out of the tournament, which is weird to, to talk about Duke on the bubble. But the winner of the Duke-Georgia Tech game, I believe, will make it in. I think they'll be in that first four conversation. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, kind of like, like whoever wins that game is going to get in because Georgia Tech has a pretty easy game against Wake Forest. Duke playing North Carolina, I it's rare that you know you see Duke or UNC sweep in that series. Yeah. So I feel like regardless of what happens with Georgia Tech, Duke's going to beat North Carolina this weekend. So I think that should be enough to put them in that you know last four in conversation for either team. Uh, Drake, they finish with the uh, with, their, with their conference tournament, the Missouri Valley tournament. They're the two seed in that tournament. Um, as of right now, they have a bye. They're waiting on who the first round game would be. But if it went chalk, which is like all the highest seeds they could possibly play, it would be Northern Illinois or Northern Iowa. I probably Northern Iowa, Missouri State, and uh, Loyola Chicago. I think they would definitely need to make it to the conference final to get in the tournament. If they lose to either, you know, either you know in the fir- in the quarter or semifinal games, you could see them uh, being a lot of trouble because that won't be a good loss. It might be like a quad three loss. Loyola on a neutral floor, though, they could lose that game and have, like, no effect really on their seed. So as long as they win their first two games of the conference tournament, they should be in the tournament. And Indiana, currently Joe Lenardi's third team out of the tournament. They finish at Michigan State and at Purdue. I think if they want to make it, they should probably win Desperately these two games it. first. Yeah. You know, if they even if they you know lose one of these two games, 
the Big Ten tournament is full of opportunities to put them back on the bubble. So I'm not going to say they're like definitely out, but if they if they lose both games, I think they're done. I think unless they win the Big Ten, mm-hmm. they're at large. Chances are shot. But you know, if they, even if they split one of these two games, they still kind of are alive. I don't think they'll make the tournament personally, but you know, with the Big Ten, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, so I got Michigan State uh, as of Lenardi's latest bracket. He's got them in the first four out, uh, and as you were talking about with Indiana, they finished the season with Indiana and two games against Michigan, a home and away one. So that Indiana one, definitely huge. Uh, both teams are playing for their tournament lives. Michigan State, the first team out of the tournament right now. So you figure if they win that game, they might catapult into the field. Uh, and if they can somehow find a way to split against Michigan, uh, I think they might be good for the tournament if they get one Big Ten tourney win. If you win that Michigan game, one of the Michigan games, uh, the Indiana game, and one game in the Big Ten tournament, I think they'd be in for sure. If they find a way to lose all three of these games uh, and then only win a game in the tournament, they'll definitely be out. But uh, interesting team to track. Had two wins against top five teams earlier in the week. Uh, so we'll see what we'll see what they can do to finish this season, uh, whether they finish strong or if they fold down the stretch. Uh, next team, Seton Hall in the last four in. As a veteran team, Big Sandro, uh, veteran point guard Savard Reynolds, uh, veteran inside guy as well. Names name escapes me right now, but a really good rim protector. Uh, and the way the Big East is, is this year, as I was talking about with Villanova and Creighton slipping their their past few games, uh, UConn is starting to turn the corner. But this Seton Hall team wouldn't surprise me to see them make a run to the conference tournament championship. Kevin Willard, a really good coach. Another team that I feel like has had some really up moments this year, but has also had some down moments. Uh, definitely up and down season for the Pirates. But they have a real big game against UConn on Wednesday. I think UConn wins that game, Joseph. They're they're most likely a lock. But I think it's a bigger game for Seton Hall because if they're able to beat a team like UConn, who I think will be in, and then find a way to beat St. John's on Saturday, I think they'll be a lock. Uh, if they split, they'll probably need to win at least one, maybe two games in the conference tournament to uh, to make the NCAA dance. Next team, Boise State, uh, in the last four buys, which I'm kind of confused about how they're so like safely in. Uh, even after losing two in a row to San Diego State, Lenardi still has them in the last four buys. Uh, I'm a bit confused by that, but one game left against Fresno State in the regular season. They drop that. I think they're in big trouble. Uh, they win it and are at least – and win at least one game in the conference tournament, I think they should be in. Uh, and then last team, Stanford, who are, when I made the, these list of teams, was in the next or the first four out. Now Lenardi doesn't even have them in the next four out. But a team who like them who's been in the projected field all year, I think if they're able to finish the season strong, they could definitely be back in conversation. Uh, they have one game left in the regular season against USC, who's going to be a tournament team. So you figure they win that, they're right back in the conversation. And the Pac-12, not that strong. They could definitely make make some noise in there. But this is a team who I think is kind of done right now. Uh, played awful over this past month. Past month have had a lot of health issues and COVID issues. Uh, have really fallen apart at the wrong time. Uh, but like I said, able to get that win against USC this upcoming week, uh, and then maybe win two games in the in the conference tournament. They'll have they'll have a good a good chance to make uh, the NCAA. But I think if they lose that game against USC. Uh, they ha- they're going to be a real long shot to make it. 
But now we're going to uh, continue our bubble discussion a bit uh, and, and some teams on the uh, bubble that you think could potentially make some make some noise in the actual NCAA tournament. So uh, the first team I have, I have Xavier. They're currently one of the last four in, according to Lenardi. Uh, they're 13-5 and five right now. They've just been hammered with COVID. They've had three separate COVID breaks. They have a win over Oklahoma earlier in the year. They just came off a win against Creighton, as you know, you talked about earlier. They finished with Georgetown and Marquette. They could, you know, they should be favored. I think they'll win both those games, be 15 and 5. That should definitely put them in. I'm surprised, you know, kind of like how you were saying with Boise State, how Xavier is barely in, but Boise mm-hmm. State is safe. But I think they're definitely going to be a tough out if they don't win. I think they're just like a solid team all around. They're going to be a tough out. I think they can definitely win their first round game. It all depends, you know, like we were saying last week too. It all depends on who they get matched up with. Yeah. But if they don't win, they will definitely be a tough out. Like they're not going to get blown out by 30 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other team, I kind of have uh, the Georgia Tech Duke winner. I've kind of been lumping these two teams together because if Georgia Tech gets in, it seems like finally Josh Pastner, you know, like his coaching and stuff is like clicking. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, they lost to Georgia State and Mercer. If they even win one of those games, they're probably safely in the tournament because those two losses are bad losses on their resume. Yeah. Um, you know, they've won four straight. They've had two big wins over Virginia Tech and Syracuse. You know, both these teams are hitting up at the right time. With Duke, you know, you have Coach K and you're Duke. So if you get in the tournament, which I think the committee will lean towards if they are on the bubble, even if they're the very last team in the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, I think Duke can easily win a game too. And, you know, who knows? They get matched up with like a mid-major. You might see Duke in the yeah. Sweet 16 as a 12th. Who knows? Uh, I got two teams here. Uh, my one is VCU. Uh, as of now, they're in the last four buys, but they have a kid, uh, Bones Highland, out of Delaware. Uh, one of the better under-the-radar players in the country, I think. He's out. He's been out the past few games with a foot injury, but if he's able to come back uh, for the conference tournament, uh, boost their stock a little bit more, and then they wind up getting to the big dance, this is a kid who can really go uh, – in contention for A-10 player of the year, an elite shooter, elite scorer, uh, a really good player to watch. He's just one of those guys you could see on the the NCAA highlight video at the end of the tournament, pulling off one of those big upsets. Uh, and the next team was a team I talked about who's on the bubble right now in Seton Hall. Uh, that, As I was saying, they have a really good veteran veteran bunch, I think, who's had, had those guys go to the tournament before, uh, really experienced, go through the gauntlet of the Big East where – not the strongest league, but always really competitive, really good games. Uh, and they have a, a elite player, I think, in Sandro Mamakulashvili, uh, just a, a really good all-around forward who could pose a lot of mismatch problems, like you were saying uh, about Duke show. If Seton Hall winds up getting matched up, just say, against, I don't know, a, a Drake or whatever, a, a Loyola Chicago, they're not going to be used to seeing a player like Big Sandro out there uh, on on their weekly schedule, and I think he could really pose some matchup problems for them. Uh, another team I had on here was UConn, but I think by by the end of the the week they'll probably be safely in the field. Uh, but they're really turning a corner, uh, obviously with Book Knight back. They're playing super well. So, uh, but now after discussing some teams that that we're gaining faith in, uh, how about some bigger name schools that you might be losing faith in? So uh, I the first team I have on my list in all caps is Wisconsin. I you know said this last week. I don't like them. I don't think they're a very good team. They did almost upset Illinois over the weekend, but without Io DeSumo and uh, Coburn was in foul trouble. So I mean, at one point you were playing Illinois without their two best players, and he still couldn't you know get the win. You're supposed to be 
they're still ranked 25th in the AP poll. I do not know how – they're kind of like how the SEC, like, you know, a, a decent team in the SEC for football gets yeah. like that 25th spot. I feel like that's where it is with Wisconsin right now because I don't think they're the 25th best team in the country. Uh, the next team, another Big Ten team, uh, losing faith in Ohio State. They lost three in a row and they finished with Illinois. You know, they could easily lose to Illinois, and then depending on who they get matched up within the Big Ten tournament, they could easily lose those last two games. Now, all yeah. of a sudden, Ohio State went from potentially the fourth one seed to, like, the mid two, depending on what happens, maybe, like, the top three seed, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what happens with everyone else. Uh, so that'd be very interesting to see. I think, you know, just a little side note, that fourth region, like, that fourth one seed is going to be the most entertaining region because – there is a clear drop off yeah, from Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston is another team I'm losing faith in. They just don't really move the needle for me. They're like a three. Lenardi has them as the best three seed, which I don't know how. They play in the American, and it's not like the American where our freshman year were for the last tournament coil, where they had, I think, five teams. If not five, definitely four got in to the tournament. Right now, the, only, the other team that might make it into the tournament is Wichita State. And that's just because they have the auto bid, according to Lenardi as of right now. Their only impressive wins are against Boise State and Texas Tech. That was back in November. And the last team that I'm losing faith in is Tennessee. They went 4-4 four and four in the month of February. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have any impressive wins, and they had some like rough losses to bad teams. And they just lost their last game, too. I forget against who, but so Auburn. Auburn, without their best player, Sharif Cooper, too, so. Tennessee, I said last week I, I had some faith in, but that's kind of just a, a talent thing. But the way they're playing right now, yeah, I'm starting to lean more towards you. Uh, but a few teams I'm losing faith in, as I touched on earlier, Villanova. Uh, if they're not making their outside shots, their defense this year isn't good enough. They don't have the size, uh, the, especially on the interior. I saw today that they're 344th uh, in the country in blocks per game. I think it's like one and a half, so – not great. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the Villanova teams over the past that have been really good, uh, whether it was Daniel Ochefu or da- Daryl Reynolds, not superior offensive players, but they gave you rim protection and, and just uh, some some big guys inside. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a really good player, but 6'9". Six, six, he's, he's not the traditional post guy. I can play good defense out on guards and stuff, but we've really seen their bigs get spo- exploited in recent weeks, so. If, if Villanova isn't able to shoot the lights out, I, I think they they could be in trouble. Uh, Ohio State, you already kind of touched on, and I touched on them earlier, three losses in a row. Uh, haven't been the biggest fan of them all year. Can can certainly have some good moments, but uh, if they wind up do wind up getting back on the one line or the two line, I could see them losing their second game. Another team is Texas, uh, a team that was really hot out of the gates, was in the top five at one point, I believe. Uh, and they've kind of fallen down the stretch. They have a big game this week against Oklahoma that we'll touch on uh, briefly. But they're they also had some like chemistry issues the past few week or a few weeks ago against West Virginia. Don't know what that's all about. Uh, and the other team, Wisconsin, we've talked about them throughout the show. Uh, I'm just surprised that they're they've gotten to this point where they're probably going to be like a, a seven, eight, or nine seed. I think maybe even a ten if they if they keep losing. Uh, a veteran team like that with a good coach like Greg Gard and led by guards like Demetric Trice and Brad Davidson. Really interested uh, to see if they can turn the corner uh, once they get to the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but we've got a few minutes left. We're going to highlight some of the biggest games of the week uh, for Tuesday, 
through Thursday, uh, and then obviously Saturday is a, lot, a loaded slate. Uh, and then we have the conference tournament starting up this week uh, for the ones that haven't started yet. Uh, but we'll start it off Tuesday night, Baylor at West Virginia. Uh, we got about five minutes left, Joe, so let's try and rip through these games quick. I was going to say, uh, I'll just say quick, I got the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, kind of like how you were saying before, Coyle, how you are with Creighton. I am with West Virginia, so they'll probably lose this game. But if they win this game against Baylor, they will put themselves in the conversation for that fourth one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Baylor here. I think last week I had West Virginia winning this game, uh, but that was on the premise that Baylor was going to drop one. I don't think this Baylor team will lose two in a row, so give me them. Uh, next game, Illinois at Michigan. Uh, I got Michigan without Iowa DeSumo. I just feel like this isn't a fair fight. Mm-hmm. With Iowa, it would have been a lot of fun, but give me Michigan at home. Uh, I'm going to roll Michigan as well. They're just on, on a roll right now. And, and as you said, without Iowa, uh, definitely a big loss. Uh, Illinois still pulled off a, a pretty impressive win going to Wisconsin. As bad as we talked about them all, all week, uh, a definite hard place to go play against veteran team. Uh, but that, that was still an impressive win. Interested to see what they can do this week against Michigan. Uh, we moved to Wednesday night. Uh, Creighton at Villanova. Creighton wins these last two of their Big East champs. Uh, Villanova wins. I believe they clinch the Big East title. Give me Nova clinching the Big East regular season title. I feel like Jay Wright is too good a coach. Nova's too good. They're not going to drop two in a row. Mm-hmm. Even though Creighton's also very good, not taking anything away from them. I feel like they're going to win a very close game. It's going to be a very entertaining game, potentially the game of the week. Yeah, I, I got Villanova here as well. Uh as you said, too good to lose two in a row. As I, and as I was talking about earlier, kind of losing faith in them. But Jay Wright, I believe, last season was the first time his Villanova team lost back-to-back games in like 10 years or something. So they really never lose back-to-back. Uh, I, I Give me the Wildcats here on Wednesday night. Uh, we go to Thursday night, uh, the first of the games between Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, this is Michigan State at Michigan. Who do you got, Joe? I got Michigan. I mean, Spartans, they've just been going full speed. They seem tired. Like, when they played mm-hmm. against Maryland on Sunday, they seem tired. You know, they seem like they're, they're kind of out of gas. They're going to have a war with Indiana on Tuesday, yeah. which, you know, we talked about beforehand. Um, so, I think they're just going to have an emotional letdown and be dead, and I feel like they're going to get swept by Michigan mm-hmm. going, in, uh, going into the weekend. Yeah, I'm rolling here with Michigan as well, uh, all the reasons you said. I think that Indiana game could be – as you're saying, Creighton-Villanova could be the game of the week. Uh, for bubble sakes, this Michigan State-Indiana game will be the big biggest game of the season for these two teams. Uh, but I'll roll with Michigan over Michigan State here. Uh, and two more games. We have Oklahoma State at Baylor on Thursday night. Give me Baylor because of the fact that how you were saying you don't expect them to lose two in a row. I do not expect them to lose three in a row because I have them losing mm-hmm. to West Virginia. Yeah, as good as Oklahoma State's been playing recently and how great Cade Cunningham has been over this past month, uh, Baylor is a different animal. This will be their fourth game, I believe, back after the COVID pause, so I'll roll with Baylor here as well, uh, trying to get back in their rhythm as they approach the end of the season. Uh, And last game, we have Texas at Oklahoma. Big football rivalry, but uh, both schools are having really good basketball years. Uh, What are your thoughts here? I got Oklahoma at home just because, kind of like how you said, you know, Texas, who knows what's going on with them after that huge, you know, the, their two players were trying to you know, beat mm-hmm. the crap out of each other in the middle of the game. And uh, I think Lon Kruger is just the better coach. And I think especially Oklahoma, if they were to lose tonight, you know, they're playing Oklahoma State again. Mm-hmm. There's no way they lose three in a row. Yeah. I'm going to roll with Oklahoma here as well. I think that's going to be a really good game for, for the betting people out there. Uh, I don't know what the line will be for the over-under, but I'll definitely take the over. I think those two teams will get up and down. Uh, but I like the Sooners to win that one at home. Uh, 
but that'll do it for this week's college basketball episode on beef up front. Definitely coming back next Monday. Uh, we'll have some tickets punched then, uh, exciting time of year, Joseph, and we're, we're hitting the home stretch. So we will talk to everyone next week.